This is the day the Lord hath made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. It is a great pleasure, and we are so glad here at Hollywood United Methodist Church that you have chosen to be with us uh, here in person in this glorious and gorgeous sanctuary, but also for those who are connecting with us online and via the live stream. It is a blessing indeed the ways in which we are able to connect with each other and give praise to God. So let us now raise up our voices to the great music going to be provided by the music director John West and the Chancel Choir. Stand if you are able.
Good morning, everybody. My name is Mr. Kevin. I'm the Children and Youth Director here at Hollywood, and I'm very happy. I'm going to scoot down here so I can actually talk to you, too. I'm here today with Caroline and Sadie, and you all have been going to this church for a really long time. I think, Caroline, were you born here? I think you might have been. No, you were very, very young when you started coming here. I've known you've been here as long as I've been here, and it's been a joy to watch you both grow up into young women. Sadie, you're now in the youth group that we have today, so we have our youth group right after this service, uh, right after the children's time, and always we have our children's church. So what is happening next Sunday? Do you know what next Sunday is, October 31st? Halloween. Oh, you nailed it. It is Halloween. And have you both picked out a costume? Sadie, what are you going to be this year? Oh, it's a secret? I thought that was our deal that I was going to ask you about your Halloween costume and you were going to tell us. But no, it's a secret. Okay, no, 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 no. You don't have to tell us. Caroline, would you like to tell us? Uh, I'm Dorothy and my dog's Toto. Oh, Dorothy and Toto. That is perfect. So next Sunday, I want you both to come in costume because it's Halloween, and we have our annual Halloween party in the gym for the little ones, and the older ones are going to help run it. So Sadie, can I put you in charge of one of the crafts there? Sure, maybe. Sure, sure maybe. Well, I love how coy you're being today. <gasps> you might have something that day? Yeah. Okay, well, I'll, I'll call your people and see if I can get it on your schedule. Oh, is that okay? All right. I'll check with them. Um, yeah, so it's going to be fun. And if you do come, Sadie, will you then bring your costume? Sure. Okay, good. All right, everybody, everybody has to come back now because we all have to see what Sadie is going to be for Halloween. And we get to see Dorothy and maybe Toto. What do you think? Will you bring Toto with you? Dogs aren't allowed. Dogs are allowed. No, where are you allowed dogs here? Okay, good. I think you should bring Mom, Dorothy, and Toto have to come to church next Sunday. All right. Wow. I, this is exciting. A little cliffhanger for next week. Okay, so let's pray, and we'll head off to Children's Church and Youth Group. Creator God, thank you so much for Caroline, for Sadie, for all of the children and youth who have uh, been part of our church family. Thank you for the joy they bring to us. Thank you for their, their questions, for their faith, for the laughter they bring, for their, um, their thoughts about you and um, as you say in your, in your word, may the little children continue to lead us and to remind us what is true and what is right in this world, what life is about, and help us not as adults get caught up in all of our things and be reminded to be like children in our faith. Uh, I pray you would continue to guide us, um, nurture us, and help us to point these young ones always to you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. So as we head off to Children's Church and Youth Group, I invite you all to stand and uh, socially distantly pass the peace to one another, waving, blowing kisses, whatever you'd like to do. All right, friends, 
Let us now receive a choral call for prayer from the HUMC choir, followed by a prayer shared by the Reverend Dr. Ed Hansen. open our hearts to you in these moments of prayer. We immerse ourselves into this moment, in this place, and listen for your gentle, loving, and still small voice that beckons us to be aware that we are yours, that you love us, and that you call us forth to the fullness of life. You hold before us the vision of a world where we care for one another, where we embody your loving spirit, where we aspire to the vision of St. Francis to be instruments of your peace. And so we feel deep concern for people around the world who are suffering who daily face violence, hunger, and sickness, who live without shelter, who are weighed down with hopelessness and despair. Oh God, may we learn to be yet more effective instruments of your peace. And God, you invite us to see and to celebrate the wonder in your creation the richness in all the colors of humanity, the joy in the many and various cultures of your people, the awesomeness of the amazing variety of creatures that share our home planet Earth, the beauty of the plants, flowers, and trees that sustain life, and the waters and lands from which all life has arisen. Thank you, Creator God, for our lives, for the love and hope we experience. Thank you for working in us to bring healing and wholeness to ourselves and to all those that we encounter. And thank you for the ways you strengthen and encourage us in the face of every challenge. And thank you for your Son, Jesus, our Savior, who taught us that when we show care and concern for others, we are expressing your love 
that, that when we are living by your love, we are fulfilling the true purpose of the great commandment that we love you and love our neighbors as ourselves. It is in Jesus' name that we pray, and we pray together the prayer he taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. What a glorious day for worship, amen. Well, I'm Pastor Mark Stevenson from the Harmony Toluca Lake campus, and that's the second campus of Hollywood United Methodist Church. And I'm here with you today, and Senior Pastor Rev. Kathy Cooper Ledesma is over there with the Harmony folks. Uh, and she's going to be back here at HUMC next Sunday as we wrap up and conclude the Freeing Jesus Sermon Series. So I have three announcements to share. Uh, and the first is going to be about the music department. And I'd like us to give a round of applause to the music department and our choir. So you've applauded and you've led me into the meet the music department gathering that's going to be in the courtyard in which the three C's will converge. The three C's are coffee and cookies and conversation. Indeed, yes. And so there's where John West, and you know, John West, I love John. He is, uh, he's just a phenomenal human being. I just love him so much. So John and the choir, they're going to gather there in the courtyard. And so, and they rock it each week, right? And we receive that gift of music from them. But I've got to ask you, do you sing? Yeah, uh-huh. Oh, John's already answering for you. Yes, yes you do, right? How about playing an instrument or two? Maybe you do that. Or do you have experience in maybe playing the handbell? Or even better, do you have the desire to learn? Because, and I've also got to add to this, just because you see and you go, well, you know, they sing. Well, this is not just it for the music department because we've got awesomeness up there with the camera operators, the production and the sound team members. And if now is the time, now is the time to get involved. So John, he's gonna be out in the courtyard along with others. We're gonna be out there following the postlude. And hey, for you online, if you're interested in participating and wanna get involved, absolutely, this is for you. And so the email for John is jwest at hollywoodumc.org. All right, announcement number two. If you're interested in learning more about Hollywood United Methodist Church, if you're interested in becoming a member of HUMC, then this Tuesday, and that is October the 26th at 6.30 p.m., a class, a membership class, will be held online. And so email Rev. Kathy. And her email is revkathy, with a K, at hollywoodumc.org. And she would be glad to have you a part of that gathering. 
Last but not least, November the 7th is All Saints Sunday. And this is when we remember all those who have gone on to glory. Well, during worship, we will lift up the names and light candles and in their memory. So if you have a name or names of loved ones, uh, friends, colleagues who you would like to be uh, kept and lifted up, who have passed away in the last, I say, 12 months, please send those names to RevKathy at HollywoodUMC.org by November the 3rd. All that we do here at Hollywood United Methodist Church is ultimately, ultimately for the glory of God. And your support of the church's ministries is much appreciated by your prayers, your presence, your service, your witness, and your gifts. And these are recognized. You, you are part of this wonderful movement in which we boldly live into the grace-filled gospel of Jesus Christ. Friends, please give as generously as you are able. And if you brought your offering in person, then please place that in the basket uh, in the narthex at the conclusion of worship. And we also have online options as well. The QR code, which you can scan. Uh, there's text to give. You can also give financial contributions via the church's website. Uh, and of course, there's good old snail mail. Uh, so in whatever way that you give, this is important. Let us do it with joy. Amen? Amen. Let us now receive the word and music from the choir.
reading from the Gospel of Mark 10, 17 through 31 and John 3, 16. As he was setting out on a journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother, he said to him. Teacher, I have kept all these since my youth. Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said, you lack one thing. Go, sell what you own and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven, then come follow me. When he heard this, he was shocked and went away grieving, for he had many possessions. Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard will it be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God? And the disciples were perplexed at these words, but Jesus said to them again, Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. They were greatly astounded and said to one another, then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, for mortals, it is impossible, but not for God. For God, all things are possible. Peter began to say to him, look, we have left everything and followed you. Jesus said, truly, I tell you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for my sake and for the sake of the good news who will not receive a hundredfold now in this age, houses, brothers and sisters, mothers and children, and fields with persecutions, and in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last will be first. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Hi, I'm Diana Butler-Bass, and I'm really excited that Harmony to Luca Lake and Hollywood United Methodist Church are going to spend time this fall studying my new book, Freeing Jesus. Freeing Jesus was a really great book to write during the pandemic. It gave me time to think back about my own journey as a Christian and how I've experienced Jesus in a number of different ways as friend, teacher, savior, Lord, way, and presence. The book is theological and it's also memoir, but mostly it invites you to think about your own story with Jesus over time. And I hope that as you enter into it, that you will discover not only Jesus, but your own heart, and that you might hear where God is calling you next. I hope you'll have a great time together, and I hope that my words will resonate with you, take you to places you didn't imagine, and challenge you to see Jesus in new ways. What a blessing it is to be with you, and it does my heart so good to be here. Uh, as I mentioned earlier during worship service, it is a joy 
to be with you on this beautiful day. And I want to again express uh, gratitude to John West and the choir, the Hollywood UMC production and sound team, the greeters, as well as Kevin McCluskey, the uh, Reverend Ed Hansen, and Tim Martin for their participation in today's worship service. You see, it takes a village. And we're also grateful that you, you are here in person as well as connecting with us online as we, uh, and also the podcast that each of us is part of the community, this affirming faith community. This morning, we continue our sermon series, Freeing Jesus, based on the same title book by the award-winning author, Diana Butler Bass. And this is a time in which we are rediscovering Jesus in his many manifestations. Thus far, among the manifestations uh, uh, have included Jesus as friend and teacher, Lord, uh, the way. And today, we're going to center on Jesus as Savior. Now, if we go back into the New Testament and we look at the descriptions of Jesus as teacher, and it's in various forms, teacher, you'll find and we'll find that it's roughly 60 times. Now, that may surprise you and you go, wow, that's a lot, 60 times. But if I were to ask you now, how many times do you think the word Savior appears in the gospel describing Jesus as Savior? How many times do you think that is? More than 60? Actually, only twice. Only two times. One at the beginning of the Gospel of Luke, which I'll reference to shortly. And the other is in the Gospel of John chapter 4. And this is where there's this exchange between Jesus and I visualize a, a feisty a Samaritan woman at the well. And here's where she learns what it means of the living water the living water, and that she is never going to thirst again. And also, at this well, she has an enlightenment moment in which she discovers that Jesus is the Messiah. Now, following that eye-opening exchange, this is when she is so excited that she's got to tell all of her neighbors about what has just happened, and then they, in their excitement, well, they've just got to go meet this Jesus and when they do, they later in short order proclaim, this is truly the Savior of the world. Okay. Now, if I go back to my childhood, and folks, that doesn't go all the way back to the woman in the well. Just saying. My first recollection of Jesus as Savior came about the way of a classic holiday cartoon. Now, what do you think that was? Classic holiday cartoon. Oh, there you go, Charlie Brown Christmas. Yes, good times. And during the cartoon, there comes this all-time great memorable moment when an exasperated Charlie Brown, he shouts out and he exclaims, isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? To which his friend Linus replies with the best of stories. Sharing from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verses 8 through 14, which included, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. After which Linus succinctly sums it up. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. And when, I, when thinking about this, I still get the, the warm fuzzies, and I, and I just... 
whenever this delightful holiday treat just comes on, I just, I love seeing it. Now this goes back to when I was, I'd say six, seven, eight years old. And when, this is when I was invited as a child to experience the wonders of Christmas. Jesus, born as a savior. But then, but then, as I grew older, Savior took on a different meaning, especially during my teenage and young adult years. This is when I was living in Texas and in the South. And the question would arise from uh, the mouths of my peers and, and also in my older, younger adult age, the question would be, are you saved? Are you saved? Do you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, emphasizing Savior? And inevitably, what would follow those uh, questions was talk about the rapture, which, goodness gracious, this could happen at any moment. And what they were doing is they were aligning that with the left-behind religious novels, believing this is when God saves the world from the coming tribulation and thereby escaping the world while watching from above all the chaos and all the suffering that's going to be happening to those remaining on earth. More importantly, though, to be saved, well, that's an automatic ticket to heaven. Being heaven-bound. And I got to say, when the attention that was being paid to the afterlife, I, it was astonishing. It was astonishing as in, Mark, oh, I can't wait to get to heaven. I can't wait. Lord, get me out of here now. And it reminded me of Star Trek, sort of like a beam me up, Scotty kind of wish. And within all of that, within all of that was there were a lot, a lot of three, John 3.16 repeats. For God so loved the world that God gave God's only begotten Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but shall have everlasting slash eternal life. And what bothered me in the mix of all this was the emphasis being placed upon and expressed, trying to guilt you along with all the judgment being poured out, and for certain, with this absolute that was hanging over your head, that if you're not saved, then good luck, because you're going to be punished and spend an eternity in the roasty-toasty pit fire of hell. A separation, a harsh banishment, a forever banishment, not only from God, but from your family and friends at least those who mattered to God. Wow. Salvation and Jesus as Savior were narrowed down by people to the next world and to eternal life. And it gnawed at me. This really just gnawed at me to make me wonder, okay, I got what people are saying about Jesus, but what does Jesus have to say about this? I mean... What about salvation in this life, the one here on earth? What was, was Jesus' message just all about how to get into heaven? Or is his gospel message actually about the way of the transformation in this world 
and the kingdom of God on earth. Now going back to John 3.16, we see this phrase, eternal life, everlasting life. But did you know that that phrase is a translation from a Greek phrase that expresses a Jewish notion? The life of the age to come. The life of the age to come. Thus, the verse could be translated as, For God so loved the world that God gave God's only begotten Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but shall have the life of the age to come. You see, what we have here in print as eternal life is spoken of in the present tense, as in, it is here. Eternal life is not referring to here about an unending time beyond death, no, but to something that can be known now, now. You see, for us to know God in the present is to experience, to experience the life of the age to come. And as we come to know God in the present, being open to this, here's where Jesus brings us salvation. If we look back to the root of the English word salvation, it comes from the Latin salvus, S-A-L-V-U-S, salvus, meaning wholeness, being made safe or healing. So in its broadest sense, salvation means becoming whole, being uh, healed. Now, applying this to today's scripture reading from Mark 10, 17 through 31, the rich young man asks this question, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Now, here is someone who wants to be made whole. Because why else ask the question? Although some folks are going to make the question more about him deeply concerned about going to the afterlife and to heaven. And when Jesus mentions the commandments, the young man states, well, he's kept all these. Things are looking good. But notice, hmm, notice Jesus doesn't respond to him in the language of eternal life or afterlife. No, uh-uh. Jesus reframes this. He reframes it in a way, and he says it's in the terms of the kingdom of God, in the present, here and now, with Come follow me. Come follow me. Now, why is that? Because deep down inside, Jesus knows what this young man is going through, what he has put his faith into, what power has held him captive. And here's where Jesus is inviting him to step into freedom. This is when he says, sell what you own and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven, then come, follow me. Now, for those in the ancient world, material prosperity, whew, that was a big deal. That was a big deal because material prosperity was seen as a, a reward. It was, a, it was a, a, a byproduct of spiritual value. If you were in favor with God, well, hey, the proof was in the pudding. It was your wealth. 
However, here's Jesus, and he's just like blowing it all up. And he says, how hard it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. To which the astounded disciples, they they reply, well, who then can be saved? Because you see, the disciples, they had bought into that worldly concept of wealth equating to wholeness. That possessions are what bring about healing that makes one safe. And that wealth, woo, that's what's going to save us. And it it seems the disciples weren't and aren't the only ones buying into that. To which Jesus replies, folks, wealth and possessions, they aren't the way to follow. And it's true, not when we want salvation. We are saved, faith community, when we turn the whole of our attention to God and others. And by the way, everyone, it wasn't just the young man. It wasn't just the young man who asked Jesus how he could get into and uh, be saved in these gospel accounts. No, because there's all sorts of people who were saved. And I'm emphasizing this before Jesus died on the cross. When Jesus healed they experienced salvus, God's salvation. They followed him. Lives were changed. Lives were transformed. Disciples, they gave up their riches and possessions and goods so that they might inherit this eternal life in which he spoke. Tax collectors, tax collectors, they abandoned their jobs. They were willing to give up their social standing just so they could eat with him. We have children and slaves and soldiers and farmers and peasants and fishermen and prisoners. We've got the sick, the blind, and the lame. And when they encountered Jesus, oh my goodness, can you just imagine it? They found, they found salvation. They received wholeness. This healing, the oneness with God that had been the stuff, the stuff that they had longed for for so long. Every miracle, every act of hospitality, all the bread that was broken and the wine served, everything that Jesus did saved people long, long before Rome arrested and executed him. Jesus was born a savior and he saved during his lifetime. He didn't wait around. No, he did not wait around 33 years and suddenly become a savior in an act of ruthless, bloody execution. And as we know, that shameless act, that shameless act was committed by evil, evil men to destroy a divine movement of love and liberation. And it didn't go as they planned. Nope. Because God had a greater plan, the plan of resurrection, in which the Holy One's final word made it clear that those individuals, even those individuals who revile the empires that are brutal and those who base everything on power and control and fear, they can't destroy salvus. Mm -mm. Not God's salvus. Jesus as Savior renews us. Here is a Savior who makes us whole, brings us back into oneness, reuniting us with God. Salvation, it isn't about a one-way ticket to heaven. Salvation isn't a transaction. Rather, 
It's an experience, an experience of love and beauty and of paradise here and now. As Marcus Borg, the American New Testament scholar and theologian once said, salvation is about life together. Salvation is about peace and justice within community and beyond community. It is about shalom, a word connoting not simply peace as the absence of war, but peace as the wholeness of a community living together in peace and justice. The salvation we seek comes from God. Indeed it does. And it always, always involves our response. Hmm. Because if we don't respond just straight up, little to nothing is ever going to change in our lives or in the life of the world. Without God, we cannot. Without us, God will not. Without God, we can't bring about transformation either as individuals or societies. But without our response, God won't bring about that much-needed transformation. For those, and I know this happens, for those who think and feel that they can't live in a relationship with God because of whatever has gone on in their life or that's happened in the past or that too much time has passed on or that you may not feel like you're good enough, lightning's going to strike when you come through the doors of the church, Whatever reason that you feel or you've been told that you believe, goodness gracious, you believe that it's impossible, impossible to live in a transforming relationship with the divine creator, I'm here to tell you that Jesus makes a solid promise. It's not impossible with God. For God, all things are possible. Loved ones, Jesus is the light of the world. He is the light in our darkness. Jesus is the bread of life who satisfies our hunger. Jesus is the living water quenching our thirst. Jesus is the way helping us find our way. Jesus is the vine connecting us to the source of life. Jesus is the liberator setting free the oppressed. Jesus is the resurrection and the life bringing new life out of death, and Jesus is the one who heals us, thereby making us whole. Jesus saves us in all of these ways and in so many more, minute by minute, moment by moment. And if you want to learn more about Jesus, if you want to give your life over to Jesus, let me tell you, I am here for you. And Rev. Kathy is here for you. And Pastor Bridie is here for you. We are willing to listen. We are willing to discuss. We are willing to receive. And the affirming faith community of Hollywood UMC and the Harmony Faith Community, they are here for you. They are here for you. I want you to know that. Friends, salvation is about life with God. Life in the presence of the Holy One. And we give thanks and praise to Jesus, the Savior. 
now and forever. Amen. blessedness indeed just as we see the choir going out into the courtyard so that we can all greet them and celebrate music and the music program with them receive now this blessing and this benediction we do give thanks to you O god that you are sending a savior for each and every one of us and that you surround us with your love and that we can claim that love in our lives each and every one and now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion and fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you and abide with you now and always. Amen. Amen.